free world is better at backing up than he is at looking forward when the courts won't hear the truth when a sitting congressperson openly calls for violence where do you turn for clarity you turn to the truth tnn the truth news network and dan newman and boy do we have some things to clear up here today at tnn live thank you for joining us here today it's hump day Wednesday, and you're going to hear a little bit later from Clyde the Camel, the hump day Geico Camel. You know, just thinking about that, I was talking to a good friend this morning about it being hump day, and of course the Geico um, Camel always comes up, probably one of the greatest advertising characters ever. But you know what happened? You remember Gladys way back, gosh, I think the 70s or 80s? Wendy's, where's the beef? Where's the beef? I don't think she ever appeared in another single commercial, and I haven't seen Clyde the Camel on any other commercial either. What a great loss. Two great characters in advertising history in the U.S. Well, we perpetuate Clyde here at TNN Live every Wednesday. We go back and, just for you, we dug out that old Geico commercial so you can hear Clyde. Hey, 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 hey! What day is it? (laughs) It's funny, it's memorable, and it's fun. I like that. Do you know that right now, the President of the United States is sitting across from the President of Russia in a high-level summit meeting over in Switzerland? Yeah, they're in Geneva. And of course, everybody has bated breath waiting for the results of that. Before we get into what's going on in the lead-up especially from the Joe Biden side to that summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Before we get there, I want to talk about something that's just splashing all over the news, but nobody's talking about it. But we are here at TNN Live. Do you know that the Virus Origin Task Force leader, that's the force that Biden put in place to go finally and find out where the source of the COVID-19 virus is? So they picked a guy, and you probably hadn't heard his name. It's Peter Daszak. I'm going to tell you about Pete in just a minute. But he has gotten in the news. The leader who's supposed to be impartial, supposed to be scientific, supposed to be looking for facts, he's not such a good guy. He's the president of EcoHealth Alliance. You've heard that name before somewhere, haven't you? Heard it recently here at TNN Live. He describes his company, EcoHealth Alliance, as a global environmental health nonprofit dedicated to protecting wildlife and public health from the emergence of all kinds of diseases. Now, what's really significant about this entity, EcoHealth got a $3.7 million grant from the National Institutes of Health way back in 2014. Ah, that's the uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci place, right? The organization was involved with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and it's believed that Dazak himself passed on some portion of that grant money to subsidize that evil, nobody wants to talk about it, gain-of-function research 
that was happening there. And if you've been out in the woods and haven't paid attention, you may not know what gain of function is. And I'm not putting you down. It's hard to figure out because all these medical terms and scientific terms sometimes get lost just because we don't travel in those worlds and hear those all the time. Gain of function is what happens in a test tube, basically, a, a, a Petri dish, where they take a virus, like a SARS virus, as a matter of fact, and those are the ones that have been on the front page of all this for 20-plus years. They've been around for a long time. They just give them different names and numbers when a new one comes out. Well, we certainly got a new one that came out, didn't we? COVID-19. Gain-of-function research, what they're doing is they take a virus and they actually find ways to invade the cell of the virus and weaponize it, make it more powerful. Sometimes viruses cannot show up in humans. And so for some reason, a branch of science, virologists, epidemiologists, they feel like they need to find ways to make some of these viruses more deadly, and they give as a reason for doing that, so that when it ever, if it ever gets into the population, because they know how to make it stronger, just because they've used gain-of-function research and learned that, they can reverse the process and stop the virus. That really sounds really like a, a great idea. I mean, you know, they're going to preventatively take care of us before we ever get sick. More and more today, folks, it feels like people in that particular entity and the secrecy that cloaks all these virology labs, like the Wuhan Institute of Virology lab over in China, it seems like there's a little surreptitious stuff going on behind the scenes. Maybe, you know, like China was the one that was doing this. It was their, their lab maybe to weaponize, make a bioweapon out of a virus. Novel idea, huh? Well, following the recent release of over 3,200 pages of Dr. Fauci's emails from the first six months of the pandemic, we found out that this guy, Dazak, mailed, emailed Fauci on April 18th a year ago just to thank him for dismissing the theory that the coronavirus may have escaped from a lab. Here's what he said, Dazik. I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19, from bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He wrote that to Fauci over a year ago. Dazik was also the writer and organizer of a statement that was signed by 27 public health scientists that was published in that elite medical journal. We've talked about it here before, The Lancet. And that letter was dated February 19th of 2020. The letter effectively shut down the debate that had begun over the origins of the pandemic. In other words, there are people, really educated, experts in medicine and virology and epidemiology, that actually wrote a letter wanting to quell the thought that maybe this thing was created in a lab. And the letter read in part, quote, 
The rapid, open, and transparent sharing of data on this outbreak is now being threatened by rumors and misinformation around its origins. We stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. Well, folks, this letter did more than anything else to turn the tide away from the lab leak theory. And many, including me, feel like that was the purpose of this letter that these quote-unquote experts wrote. After all, that many medical experts who scream of rumors and misinformation being so bold as to write a letter debunking all of the not-so-experts, like yours truly, who can add two plus two and come up with four, that would be me and you, we're not their equals in pretty much standard operating procedures these days. That's true. But folks, in the case of the COVID-19 thing and where it sourced at in a lab, two plus two equals four every time. And even you and I can come up with that. And then there's Dr. Fauci strutting in the wings of the stage of COVID-19. All they did was confirm the insanity that he has shared with us all for about 18 months now. And now we're learning that The Lancet has set up a task force to investigate the pandemic's origins. What a great idea, huh? Why not just go ahead and listen to the real experts who told us all of the Wuhan laboratory origin of COVID-19 more than a year ago? But wait a minute, I forgot. Nobody has the knowledge and the expertise in these matters, as does Dr. Anthony Fauci. In addition to analyzing data on all of this, and there are dozens of theories put forward on the origins of COVID, the task force, we are told, will review thoroughly and objectively all publicly available evidence, particularly the peer-reviewed literature, and conduct interviews with key leaders in science and medicine, policy and civil society. But here's the catch. Dazic has been selected to lead this inquiry. Are they kidding us? Dazic. That really makes sense, right? Why not just go ahead and send the fox in to find out who's been killing the chickens in the hen house? <laughs> That's what this is going to look like. Steve Watson at Summit News wrote this. Anybody but this guy would be more suitable. Dr. Peter Daszak, who is heading up this task force, is perhaps the least suitable scientist on the planet to objectively analyze the data given his track record. By the way, and this even makes it worse, folks, did you know that Daszak was also the lead investigator on the World Health Organization team that traveled to Wuhan? Back in February, predictably, the team called the lab leak theory extremely unlikely. Their words, extremely unlikely. Watson, this reporter, wrote that Dazic reached this conclusion within just three hours. Great research. I mean, they went through the lab, right? Forensic examination, three hours. Dazic admitted in March that he personally vouched for the WIV leading investigators not to request access to data deleted by the lab in September of 2019. And we've known that that data has been missing 
from the Wuhan laboratory since September of 2019. In a video recorded that month, December of 2019, shortly before the coronavirus spread throughout the world, Daszak is interviewed by a virologist named Vincent Rossinello. And in that interview, Daszak tells Rossinello this, quote, you can manipulate coronaviruses in the lab real easily. The spiked protein drives a lot of what happens with the virus. You can get the sequence, you can build the protein, insert into the backbone of another virus, and do some manipulative work in a lab. Watson reported that Dazik was later employed as an expert fact-checker by guess who? Facebook, <laughs> of all places. When Facebook was monitoring and removing what they termed misinformation about the origins of COVID on its platform, much of which was credible scientific research. Facebook has since reversed its policy of removing any of those posts suggesting the coronavirus was manufactured. Well, Fox News' Laura Ingram and Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who's a doctor himself, recently discussed attempts by members of the international medical community to steer us away, all of us in the public, from the lab leak theory. Asked about Daszak, Rand Paul said, quote, Peter Daszak is not a disinterested party. He's not just looking for the truth. He was the funder, the conduit of the research in Wuhan. So he has a self-interest in not revealing this because it turns out the lab, the virus came from the lab. This is a big deal, the senator said. So any investigation going forward, it can't include Tony Fauci, can't include Peter Daszak, because they were the ones who funded the lab work. They have a conflict of interest with coming to the truth. That's why I am confident they have been steering, especially Fauci, steering all of us away from the lab thing being the source of COVID-19. So will this COVID stuff, the insanity, if it's ever going to stop, will someone, anyone, ever hold Dr. Anthony Fauci accountable for even one of his plethora of misrepresentations, flip-flops, his outright lies to us for everything to do with COVID-19? After all, folks, don't forget, 600,000 Americans, 600,000 have died from COVID-19 and its complications. <laughs> you can forget about Biden doing anything. After all, the Democrat Party leaders in Congress, those are the ones who anointed Fauci COVID czar and forced him on former President Trump. They wanted Fauci in the White House every day informing Americans while trying to make Trump look like a clown. A clown was certainly revealed during all this, but it wasn't President Trump, folks. It was Anthony Fauci. And if his faux leadership was so fatal, this entire debacle would be laughable. And the raucous humor continues. Well, there may be something to that Wuhan lab origin of COVID-19. <laughs> Duh. I don't know about you, but we floated that idea as a probability, not a possibility, over a year ago here at Truth News Network. Facebook blocked it 
as did YouTube, Google, Instagram, and even some real news sites. If you didn't tow the company line, you were toast. And now, those sycophants in the media and the large group of medical hacks have mud on their faces, including Fauci. But even with that happening and looking every day more likely that Fauci's ideas, the left still stoke the fires of Fauci's credibility day after day after day. When one liar is caught lying continually, how do you know which thing the liar says is okay to believe? (laughs) Answer, you don't know. Why? Because most of what the liar says is probably nothing but lies. Common sense dictates the summary dismissal of everything the liar says, whoever the liar is. After all, listening and believing the wrong one is likely to kill you in this case. Just ask any one of those 600,000 Americans' family members who did just that. Folks, Fauci is complicit in all of this. And he's got to go. He's got to go. Wow. We're not through with Fauci yet today. And we're going to go to um, Geneva. Yeah, we're going over there with Joe and Vlad. We're going to do that. We're going to bring you some information about some things that will blow your mind. Very important details that we just happen to be able to uncover. Before we move on, though, I want to tell you something. We are pleased to announce that at As of this past Monday, June 14th, TNN Live shows are converted to podcasts. They're now available to everybody at a couple of new locations. iTunes Podcast and Spotify Podcast. Simultaneous with the daily edition of our broadcast to each day story published here, each show is loaded into these two international podcast platforms. This is just more evidence, folks, that you guys are not only immersing yourselves here at truthnewsnet.org and listening to this streaming show live, but you're also sharing what we do with your friends. That you would do this. We thank you. Thank you for your support and your acceptance of this form of media and news dissemination. Folks, you're what makes Truth News Network work. You're the ones, and we are careful to recognize that and point it out. More Fauci news, more Southern border news, more Geneva news, and more Trump news, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. Back after this at TNN Live. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. What happens when a young singer gets to cut a track with an R&B star? Yo! Or a young activist gets to chop it up with their hero? Oh, snap! You get McDonald's Black and Positively Golden Mentors, the series elevating the next generation of changemakers. Each episode, a must-see passing of the torch between the culture leaders of today and the young leaders of tomorrow. Check out Black and Positively Golden Mentors on Instagram at We Are Golden. 
Look out, world. We got it from here. Look, we know that boy's going to ask again, so let's be ready. Fine. I'll be him. You ready? Ready. Mom, could you hook me up with a GoPhone? You'll run up the bill, son. Yo, that's whack, moms. GoPhone is totally different. What? It'll only cost me an arm? Chillax. It has unlimited talk and text. Seriously? Word. Okay, we'll get a GoPhone. Really? Uh, really? That is the bomb. Do you even know what the bomb means? Yes. No. Hey! GoPhone, only from AT&T. With unlimited talk to 65 million wireless AT&T customers and now unlimited text to anyone on any network. AT&T, your world delivered. American Ladders and Scaffolds, deal with the experts. Scaffolding rental and setup, installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving, fall protection, ladder and scaffold training and inspections, little giant ladders, Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. There's only one Dan Newman. Anymore. Well, that just wouldn't be fair. And I think if anybody floated that as a possibility, my wife would wait in and say, wait a minute. We don't need another one. I can't deal with the one I've got now. <laughs> hey, don't forget, anytime you want to join us live, feel free to do so toll-free, 866-37-TRUTH. That's 866-378-7884. Now, we in our research regarding all things COVID, which is an ongoing thing, we never stop. We stumbled on a story yesterday that just blew our minds. It was published Yesterday, just yesterday, listen to this. The first ever autopsy of a person that had been vaccinated against COVID-19. Vaccinated, meaning got both sides of the shot and then died. This person tested negative 18 days later upon hospital admission. But at 24 days after the vaccination, revealed viral RNA was found in almost every organ of this guy's body. Now, what does that mean, folks? The vaccine, while triggering an immune response, did not stop the virus from entering every organ in the body. Now, what does that mean? The viral RNA was found in virtually every organ in the body, which means spike proteins as well. Folks, this is the evil stuff in this vaccination, in this COVID-19, and all of them contain this manufactured RNA. There are antibodies, like the vaccine is supposed to create, you know, our natural antibodies that fight disease. When you put a vaccine in somebody, what it's supposed to do is contain a little bit of the virus, and with just a little bit of it, our body naturally creates full-term, long-time antibodies, which will fight any ever-in-the-future exposure to this vaccine if it happens again. But in this circumstance, those antibodies are irrelevant because based on a study from Japan, we now know that the spike protein, at spike S1, they gave it a number, is what is doing all the damage to all of us that have gotten COVID-19. 
One infectious disease specialist from a hospital in New Jersey yesterday, he weighed in on this. When he called, he returned a phone call. He was clearly shaken up. He said, you cannot quote me by name, and so we won't. I will get fired by the hospital if you do, and so we're not going to give you his identity. And then he said this. Listen to this, folks. People think that only a minority of people get adverse effects from the vaccine. Based on this new research, this autopsy, it means that everybody, everyone eventually is going to have adverse effects. Why? Because those spike proteins will be binding to HCE2 receptors everywhere in our body. That mRNA was supposed to stay at the injection site. And based on this autopsy, it's not. What does that mean? It means those evil spike proteins created by this mRNA, they're going to be in every organ on everybody that took the shots as well. And we now know it is the spike proteins that do all the damage. Worse than that, the viral RNA being found in every organ despite a vaccine indicates it's either one of two things. One, the vaccine doesn't work at all. Or two, the virus is enjoying antibody-dependent enhancement. In short, in science and medicine, that's called ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement, meaning it actually spreads faster in vaccinated people. According to that Postmortem report, which was published, by the way, the vaccinated man was 86 years old. He tested negative for COVID-19 when he was first admitted to the hospital, and he went in with severe gastrointestinal problems and difficulty breathing. Let me just, I'm going to give you, this is verbatim from his admission report. Quote, we report on an 86-year-old male resident of a retirement home who received vaccine against SARS-CoV-2. Past medical history included systemic arterial hypertension, chronic venous insufficiency, dementia, and prostate carcinoma. On January 9th of this year, January 9th, 2021, the man received lipid nanoparticle-formulated nucleoside-modified RNA vaccine, BNT162B2. On that day, And in the following two weeks, he presented with no clinical symptoms. On day 18, he was admitted to the hospital for worsening diarrhea. Since he did not present with any clinical signs of COVID-19, isolation in a specific setting didn't occur. Laboratory testing revealed hypochromic anemia and increased creatinine serum levels. Antigen test and polymerase chain reaction, that's PCR for SARS-CoV-2, were negative. The report of the postmortem, the autopsy makes clear that tests showed no morphological changes associated with COVID in his organs. None. Morphological means structural. COVID infection is now known to cause very specific structural changes to the places it infects in our bodies. Those changes, folks, had not appeared in the vaccinated man before he died. The man's now dead, obviously. He was in a room where another patient ultimately tested positive for COVID. 
And the report states they think the dead vaccinated man caught COVID after he was admitted from the other patient in the room. So the damage to the organs of the dead vaccine recipient took place before he was infected with COVID by the other hospital room patient. What am I getting at? What had to happen? All that had to be instigated by taking the vaccination. Worse, once the vaccinated man actually got COVID, it spread so fast within his body because of those spike proteins, he apparently never stood a chance. The long and short of it, folks, it looks like the vaccine, at least in some people, is going to create adverse effects and in some cases, and probably in many cases, if this bears out, and we're not going to know any more about it until they start doing autopsies on people that have had vaccinations and then die, and they do an autopsy, they're going to find this again and again. If they do, we've got a big, big, big problem on our hands. Wow. We're going to keep our eyes on this stuff. And when we get further confirmation, or if we find out none of this is really applicable, this was a freak situation, we'll certainly let you know. Got some more COVID news for you. You remember Dr. Robert Redfield? He was the former CDC director. He was the bald guy with uh, the Abraham Lincoln-looking beard that appeared in the White House press briefings on this with Dr. Fauci every once in a while. Well... He's come out publicly, and he is countering Dr. Fauci. In fact, he explained yesterday why he thinks the virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, or WIV. Redfield is echoing support for the theory that was dismissed by the media and politicians, and of course, Dr. Fauci, as having no scientific merit and not worth investigating. Redfield sat down with Dr. Mark Siegel, who's a professor at NYU, and he's also a Fox News contributor, to talk about the origins of the pandemic. The director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, called NIAID, that of course is Fauci. He's long argued the virus came from an animal market, they call it a wet market, in Wuhan, China, and not a leak from the lab. Until last month, Fauci maintained that COVID-19 had developed naturally. Of course, they've never given us an animal that would show absolute proof there was a transition even possible from a bat, that's where they say it originated, to humans. In May, Fauci told National Geographic there's no scientific evidence that COVID-19 virus was made in a lab. Quote, everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then it jumped species. But they've never given us any evidence of that. Fauci doesn't live with evidence. He doesn't live off of evidence. He demands full belief from everybody. Why? I am the COVID authority, the person on earth that knows more than anybody else, all of you. The doctor is now being questioned by some really smart, very educated, very connected people. 
The statement from last year was completely false, said Admiral Brett Girard, former DHS Assistant Secretary. There was no pattern of mutations that suggest it went right from an animal into a natural situation to humans, and there's still no evidence a year and a half later that shows that, not a speck. So that statement was completely wrong. And then the former CDC director, Redfield, argued that the COVID-19 virus has a much faster rate of transmission than other lethal COVID viruses, such as SARS and MERS, which have been found to spread through animals and at a much slower rate. There's an alternative hypothesis that it went from a bat virus, got into a laboratory where in the laboratory it was taught, educated, it evolved. In other words, gain-of-function research. (laughs) So that it became a virus that could efficiently transmit human to human. Now, this is Dr. Redfield. He's in the know. He continued, and my professional opinion as a virologist is the hypothesis that I support that it leaked, maybe intentionally we don't know that, but that I'm confident it leaked from a lab. You know other individuals, he said, like Tony Fauci, would say that he prefers to support it evolved from nature. I think those are the two hypotheses. But Dr. Redfield believes the one that says it leaked out of a lab. How about that? Now we've got a politician who's not a doctor that is weighing in on all of this and is actually creating and about to present some legislation on really getting to the root of this cause. I'm talking about Senator Joni Ernst, a Republican from Iowa. She's introducing legislation that will ensure that federal grant recipients such as that EcoHealth Alliance we told you about in our opening story, that they've got to disclose to funding agencies whenever they pass money along to other recipients, such as the Virology Lab in Wuhan, China, which is what EcoHealth Alliance did on Anthony Fauci's instructions. Senator said this, despite skirting federal law, refusing to disclose how much U.S. taxpayer money was funneled to Wuhan's Institute of Virology and the details about the research the funding supported, EcoHealth Alliance was given another Seven and a half million dollars. Taxpayers shouldn't be forced to pay the bill for any organization that does not comply with federal law. She said her bill would prevent federal funding from going to organizations like EcoHealth until they provide answers on how and where the taxpayer dollars are being spent. I thought we were already doing that, didn't you? I mean, come on, if we're going to take billions of taxpayer money and just dole it out, first of all, you've got to have some significant reliability that what you're giving to these research laboratories for, first of all, makes sense, and secondly, make sure that they spend it doing whatever you gave them the money to do, and not only that, get the results in hand. They don't have that. We don't have any of the scientific research that came out of the Wuhan laboratory where we gave them millions of dollars to do this research. I mean, this is just getting absolutely stupid, folks. 
absolutely stupid. And it is being weaponized left and right, especially in politics. And not just here. Over on the other side of the pond, did you hear that Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he came all out backing a move that would force health care and care home workers in the UK to get the COVID-19 vaccines, despite concerns over the legality of the government weighing in like that. You heard about Methodist Hospital down in Houston. The hospital mandated that every healthcare worker there must get vaccinated. And a group of those people that work in the hospital, most of them medical professionals that don't know about this stuff, some doctors, mostly nurses, they got together and they filed suit against the hospital. Now, that's a tough thing to do. You think about it. Where are you working right now as you're listening to this show? you got an employer there, unless you own the place. Do you think that you could have the backbone to just tell your employer when they did something like this, not going to do it, not going to do it? My wife has a niece who's a pharmacist up in Oklahoma. She works for a major corporation that has a chain all over the United States and other countries in the world. And she told her bosses, she's been with this company for 20 plus years. She told them, I'm not going to give COVID-19 vaccine shots. I don't believe in it. I feel that at some future point, we're going to find out this medicine, which is really not medicine, and it's really not a vaccination. We're going to cause harm to people. And she said, I became a healthcare professional to help people. I'm not going to do it. They put her on leave, paid leave, but they put her on leave. They've got her doing something other than being a pharmacist in their art operation. It's got to be tough to do what these people in Houston did at Methodist Hospital, but they did. Boris, on the other hand, you know, the UK laws are a little bit different, but the UK government is set to announce its intention to rewrite their Health and Social Care Act of 2008, and they're going to do it in order to give the government authority to make COVID jabs compulsory for staff in these elderly care homes. The move comes after a five-week consultation, which will reportedly publish its findings tomorrow, and we'll bring you what those are. This is, the enigma in this just blows my mind. I mean, folks, we're the United States of America. Tell me what in our medical lives through the last at least 75 years what we have faced that we can't get our arms around and come up with a way to deal with it, get all the answers at least. Now, there are some. Alzheimer's is one. ALS is another. We have diseases that we don't yet have a fix on. HIV, AIDS, another example. But research continues on all those. But we're not going out and promoting on a mass scale, giving some people the authority and we're putting a pulpit underneath them, a stage underneath them, and we're telling everybody, you got to listen to what they say. They know what they're doing. And we're talking about 60, 70 million Americans have already gotten vaccinated with one of the three vaccines that based on medical and scientific research laboratory information aren't even vaccines at all. And we're forcing this down the throats of Americans Why? Because we trust those in government. We trust them. 
We have confidence that they're not going to give us bad information that would cause us to do something that's going to hurt us. I wish that was the case, folks. But I think from Fauci on down, they are way, way, way down the line of putting us in trouble. Way down the line. Wow. So how do other doctors feel about Anthony Fauci? We have experts all over the country that from the very beginning have come out publicly and over and over and over again have just debunked the crud that we've been getting told on a daily basis by Fauci. But you know what? Fauci's been around a long time. You know, he got his... He got his start back in the early 1990s, 1980s back then. HIV AIDS was where he first got his kickstart. He's been around for a long time. And folks, you think people today in 2021, a lot of medical professionals are sick of him and want him gone. It began way back in 2003. How so? We just happened to dig this out uh, of the basement. Listen to this phone call from this doctor calling to speak on a show with Dr. Anthony Fauci sitting right there. We hear from a physician in Durham, North Carolina. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Dr. Fauci. Good morning. um, Pedro. Um, You've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure, our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. And even basic health tips such as you can't use antibiotics to treat viral infections has not been adequately communicated to the public because, for instance, people will come in demanding an antibiotic for a common cold which, or any other viral infection, which has certainly served to um, create more resistant strains. Not saying that this has anything to do with this particular SARS epidemic, but um, don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message? (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) Now, the rim shot was added for effect, but basically, all the way back in 2003, anytime Anthony Fauci was confronted by somebody who knows a little bit about medicine, maybe, just maybe not as much as Fauci, but we don't even know that. Now, I got to be honest with you. I asked this question a year ago, and I asked it six months ago and 90 days ago, and here's a question I ask. How many COVID-19 patients has Dr. Fauci treated? The answer to that question every time I've asked it is a big zero. Fauci doesn't treat patients. He's a research physician. Put that in your peace pipe and think about it. Fauci's got to go, folks. (laughs) That's the only way to put it. He's got to go. And I think we're going to find out, and I hate to say this, and for those of you that have taken the vaccination, I'm praying, Lord, cover these people, protect them, because they did doing what they're doing based on the guidance by people in office put in great positions of credibility and given credibility by our political leaders protect us all protect everybody that's done it i'm i'm believing that when these cases keep coming up 
one at a time, that they're going to be an aberration of what the reality is. They're not going to be the standard where people are going to suffer and have great complications that come from these vaccines, these vaccinations. That's what we think. And the horror is, here we are, this all started last January, February, and we're in the mid-June of of a year later. So that would be March, April, May, June. 16 months later, we don't have any firm answers, not a single one more than we had back then. Dr. Fauci was standing up there rolling the dice with your life, and he's still doing the same thing. He's still doing the same thing. Wow. Folks, we have so much more to talk about. Violence escalates around the nation, and it's like every day it's not, hey, did anybody get shot or anybody die out of violence? No. We ask now, how many were shot and how many died? That's just one thing, but our president is in a meeting right now in Geneva, Switzerland with one of the most evil leaders on planet Earth. He's, if he's not the most, I'm talking about Russian President Vladimir Putin, if he's not the most evil, who could we put him up against or put in that group? Well, let's see, Xi Jinping in China, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, Erdogan in Turkey maybe. You know, there's three or four. Let's put Vlad at the top of the heap. Joe Biden, with all of his issues, his cognitive disabilities, which he has plenty. He's in a five-hour meeting with the most one of the most evil leaders on planet Earth, and they are negotiating and discussing things. This is scary, scary, scary to me, folks. It really is. But it's not just scary for us. People in other countries are struggling with all this, just like you and I are. And once again, our go-to people down under, Sky News in Australia, last night, Alan Jones, an elder statesman for Sky News, weighed in to what he is seeing, and many Australians are seeing, and sadly Americans are seeing, going on with our president as this is happening right now. Well, Welcome to Staples. Some Staples of these guy, my company leaders has... at the G7 conference are speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Why anyone would listen to Biden, I have no idea. Why anyone would let him near a press conference, I have no idea. This is elder abuse. Why the media almost universally refuse to say that this is an embarrassment reflects not only on Biden, but on the media. Listen to this nonsense about Libya and Syria. And for example, the rebuilding of, uh, of, uh, of Syria, of, uh, of Libya, of, you know, this is, they're there. Provide, uh, provide uh, um, food assistance and economic, assi- I mean, vital assistance to uh, a population that's in real trouble. I think I'm going to try very much hard to, uh, it, it is, um, by the way, there's places where I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public. I'm sorry. This bloke is leading the free world. It's an insult to the free world. And the Democrats in America are a disgrace to turn this bloke up as the leader of the Western democracies. 
It's not the only problem. It appears that others are falling into line behind this bloke's left-wing rubbish. The G7 meeting in Cornwall committed to stop the funding of coal-fired power stations. But China produces a third of all global emissions, which exceed those of the EU and the US combined. And the growing nations in our part of the world, India, China, Bangladesh, Vietnam, they've recognised that the road to prosperity is cheap, dependable electricity, and they're building coal-fired power stations. Biden's talking about cutting emissions by 50% by 2030, and these G7 leaders have committed to stop funding coal-fired power stations. Now, Scott Morrison was a guest. Did he commit to this? China are building 220 coal-fired power stations, India 77, Indonesia 35. 35 nations around the world have 467 coal-fired power plants under construction, 930 in planning. Japan has guaranteed that it wants our coal exports. It was at the G7. They committed to stop funding coal-fired power stations. Japan says to hell with you lot, we want coal and we want it from Australia. Anthony Albanese is talking rubbish and says that Labor won't build a new coal-fired power stations. Well, Albo, you've just lost the election. See, we don't live in a vacuum. Our leaders don't live in a vacuum either. As you heard Alan Jones say, this is the guy that leads the free world. We're talking about President Joe Biden. And he's over there talking about things which he hasn't a clue about. He has no personal knowledge. you got to remember, People say what they want to say about Donald Trump. Yeah, he had a nasty attitude in many cases. He talked down to some people. He made fun of some people. That's all a messaging thing. That's all not substance. It's symbolic. He came from Queens, folks. He grew up personally in Queens, which is full of very brash and in-your-face people. And he, by the way did tens of millions of dollars of business growing up, created a great company in that environment, meaning you got to talk a little different. you got to be a little different than you are getting things done in a business, say in South Carolina or Georgia or Texas even. But when it came down to the heart, when it came down to the substance of Donald Trump, i got to be honest with you. Even... When he was asleep, he would run circles around Joe Biden as Joe Biden is currently. I got to be honest with you. Biden, he had a a great communication part of his personality throughout his career in Congress. He was an orator. Now, many times I didn't agree with the things that he had to say, but he communicated well. He made things clear. He's anything but that now. And this is scary As you just heard Alan Jones reveal to us, it's not just about the United States when it comes to world matters, important world matters, like nuclear, nuclear warfare, nuclear warheads, nuclear energy, cold energy plants, getting pollution toned down and hopefully eventually almost eliminated. Those are not just U.S. problems. They're not just our responsibility. But if the leader of the free world who happens to spend most night in the White House in the United States of America, if he's not willing to and capable to step up and meet the challenges, what the heck are these people in other countries like Australia, 
What are they supposed to do? Where are they supposed to look for their leadership? Because in a vacuum on the world stage, Australia is not as powerful, is not as economically strong as is the United States, nor is most every other country on planet Earth. The closest competitor right now is Xi Jinping in China. And don't you know he's watching all of this stuff playing out today? And he's licking his chops. It's scary, folks. The leaders of these evil countries are watching our president. They're not concerned at all. I think they feel like America is in the tank under the leadership of Joe Biden. Wow, that's a horrible thing to think. And it's even worse to say. But folks, it seems a lot like that's what's really happening right in front of our eyes. And you want to make it scarier? If something happened to Joe Biden today, or maybe he stepped down, maybe he just retired, he came out and said, I just can't do this, whatever. But for whatever reason, he steps down. In the wings is Calamity Kalamala. And if we think Joe Biden can't sentences together and make sense of things. OMG. What would a president, Kamala Harris, what would that presidency look like? Wow. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink. Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in-stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen. I know I should quit smoking. But it's just... (sighs) My feet and hands are numb a lot. Walking to the bathroom gets me winded. (coughs) I cough all the time. Seriously? (sighs) I've been dying to quit. Don't wait till you're dying to call. When your health is worse, it will be too late. 1-866-QUIT-YES. The Illinois Department of Public Health and the American Lung Association in Illinois. QuitYes.org. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Wendy's famous 4 for 4 is heating up with a new spicy crispy chicken sandwich. The queen of spice is delivering that spicy chicken you love with lettuce and mayo between two deliciously soft buns. And yes, in classic 4 for 4 fashion, you can get all that spicy goodness with spicy or crispy nuggets, fries, and a drink to cool off, all for just 4 bucks. Is it getting hot in here? Or did Wendy's just deliver the hottest deal in fast food? We got you. Offer includes four-piece nuggets, junior fry, value drink. Price participation may vary. Foreigner back in the 80s. My goodness, that rock music, that was that was extra special. Always thought those guys were blessed. Those rockers back then, 
principally not because I knew any of them or thought much about them or even the music. It's they had an easy job of growing really good long hair, (laughs) something I couldn't do at any point in my life, certainly not in my adult life. Well, as you know, this meeting is going on over in Geneva, Switzerland right now. Russian President Vladimir Putin's meeting with President Joe Biden. Now, the day before, you would think that, uh, you know, Biden's been over there since the G7. They went over last week. He and Jill and his posse, however many travel with Joe Biden, they were in the UK. They had some great times. In fact, he, um, he didn't do much in the way of meeting with press when he did, boy. It was epic. And they went from the UK, they went to Brussels, Belgium, stayed there a couple of days, um, and uh, they dealt with the NATO and meeting with NATO, which is always a big thing. Not really good news came out of that, and I don't think any of the NATO other country leaders felt good about anything other than they know that Vladimir Putin is going to be presenting them with a really good opportunity to buy all their natural gas because Joe Biden gave Putin free reign on that new pipeline, natural gas, going from Russia to Germany and from Germany around other places in Northern Europe. Big deal, right? Meanwhile, Joe Biden has shut down a bunch of energy production entities over here in the United States, but he opened one up in Russia. Now, I wonder if he thinks that they're not going to pollute any over there. Because after all, that's what Joe Biden shut down the XL pipeline over here, right? Oh, we, we, you know, we've, we've got to do away with that nasty fossil fuel. We just got to do away with it. And we're not going to do any more of this stuff. Forget about the fact hundreds of several hundred thousand Americans have already and will lose their jobs. And by the way, have you bought any gasoline lately? Since Joe, the day he was inaugurated, you're now paying a buck and a half a gallon more than you were then. Thank you, Uncle Joe. Yesterday in Brussels, when they finished with the NATO stuff, Biden felt it was incumbent for him to sit down with his fawning press and just give them a bunch of truths and understanding about what a big job it is to lead the nation and how he goes about doing it. I want you to listen closely. Turn the volume up. Make sure that you don't miss a word of President Joe Biden in Brussels, Belgium yesterday. And, uh, and we, I've said before, and I apologize to repeat, oh, I didn't, I, Jake Sullivan, you know, Jake is my NASA security advisor. I'm leaving out a lot of people here. I apologize. I'm going to get in trouble. But anyway, we'll get back to that. But, um, uh, we, um, uh, you know, there's a lot that uh, that is, is is happening. I used to always, uh, my friends would uh, uh, kid me uh, uh, in the United States Senate the years I served there for always quoting Irish poets. I think I quoted Irish poets because I'm Irish. That's not the reason. Quote them because they're the best poets in the world. That's why I quote them. But, but all kidding aside, um, there's a there's, there's a, a stanza from a poem of an Irish poet who just lost. He said, "All's changed, changed utterly. A terrible beauty has been born. 
That also generates, when uncertainty is generated politically like that about individuals, it also generates some folks who are less than, uh, how can I say it, uh, somewhat more like charlatans uh, trying to uh, um, take advantage of those concerns. And we see it in Europe, we see it in the United States, we've seen it around the world, this phony populism. My dad uh, had a transition where in, uh, in the city we lived in, coal was dying. Is no longer relevant. He, oh, he was not a, my great-grandfather was a, a, a coal miner. He was a, a mining engineer. But when in northeastern Pennsylvania, when coal died, my dad was a salesperson and the economy collapsed and we moved to another part where there were jobs in southern, into down in Delaware, at the very, just across the Pennsylvania border. And my family, my siblings and I would hear him often use the following expression. He'd say, Joe, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity um, the, uh, to whether or not we're in a position that we can generate the kind of, uh, and with that, I should, uh, as my mother would say, I should hush up. Wow. The leader of the free world there, folks, that was two minutes and 25 seconds, and I'm sure you're just seething with the knowledge you just absorbed from our president speaking to the media, not just our media, but speaking to international media from around the world that were breathlessly waiting for the president of the United States to impart some wisdom to them. I guess the most salient part of that before we move on was the last few sentences that he had to say there. His dad told him, he said, that a, a job is more than just a paycheck. It gives you dignity. It gives you a sense of being part of and being good and doing something. It represents that you're working. Think about that. Put that in the context of what he did just to the XL Pipeline workers. He stripped them of their dignity. I'm using his own words. He doesn't even get that. He doesn't even understand that. He doesn't even realize what he said diminishes himself as a leader. And this guy is leading our world, folks. You got to chuckle or you're going to cry. And saying all of that, we're going to leave Joe Biden We're going to leave Brussels, Belgium, and now Geneva today. We're going to leave all that behind and move on. Just know this. We hope and pray that nothing bad happens over there in Geneva, Switzerland. And we hope that he really doesn't mess things up with Vladimir Putin. I will say this. They've been together now for an hour and a half, I think. I promise you, if we get anything anything solid or substantive out of that meeting because it's behind closed doors. They're not going to have a joint press conference. Um, And it's a good thing for Americans. Now think about this. It's a good thing that's not going to be there because Vladimir Putin would chew him up and spit him out before the public around the world if they did a press conference. Joe can't put three legible sentences together back to back. Vladimir Putin, he was over an hour late to get to the meeting and he was doing nothing but posturing to make the U.S. president look bad. 
And Joe just stood there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for Vladimir to show up. Oh, well, we're going to get through this. Let's go down south. Well, before we go down south, let me just give you one little tidbit of information. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, they've got so much in the way of gun problems in Chicago. And, of course, you and I both know they're not having a gun problem. They're having a people problem. And they're having, from the top down, a political counter law enforcement problem where the mayor doesn't want law enforcement enforcing laws. She's got a fix, folks. She's got a fix yesterday. She came forward. She is pushing for more federal gun control as Chicago's gun violence goes through the roof. Eight people were shot inside one residence yesterday, leaving four people dead, four wounded. 43 people were shot over the weekend. 55 were shot the previous weekend. Lightfoot responded to the violence. She jumped out there. Oh, give me a microphone. And she is responding by appealing to the feds for more gun control. I'm not going to go into the details because it makes absolutely no sense. Think about what she's saying. 43 people were shot over the weekend. 55 last week. How many of those people were shot with legally owned guns? So what can the feds do? She wants more gun control, she said. More gun control. Well, without going and taking guns physically away from people, there's little that any government, including Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, her government, there's very little they can do to stop gun violence if they don't take the guns out of the hands of people and people like those who are shooting these other people. She doesn't need federal help for that. She needs to let her law enforcement in Chicago loose to do their job. Novel idea, right? That would take care of the whole thing. So we're not going to get into the violence and defund the police and police are bad and, you know, white cops are evil. That is, that, that's a big enough gorilla. It can encompass and devour a room and our attention for however long we're willing to talk about it. We're not diminishing the fact it's critical, but there's nothing we can do today because no, nobody in Democrat-controlled cities or states are going to allow anything to revise their socialist ideas about law enforcement and everything else. So let's just go down to the southern border where everything's copacetic, right? Two U.S. soldiers are facing human smuggling charges for trying to transport a pair of migrants through an immigration checkpoint. This is nuts, folks, but the soldiers were in uniform. This information comes out of the U.S. Attorney's Office. A 20-year-old guy named Emmanuel Opengayer and 18-year-old Ralph Gregory St. Joe tried to drive two illegal immigrants from Mexico through a Border Patrol checkpoint near Hebronville, Texas. St. Joe is active duty. Open Geyer is part of Pennsylvania Nationals Guard. Both are stationed at Fort Hood, Texas. During a hearing yesterday afternoon, U.S. Magistrate Judge Diana Song notified both men of the charges against them and set their bond at 75 grand. The soldiers claimed that they were driving from the Rio Grande Valley to San Antonio, 
But when agents asked why they took a detour through Hebronville, they reportedly said it was the GPS that sent them there. (laughs) That's in the criminal complaint against them. So, hearing that, one patrol officer got suspicious, asked him to pull over for a secondary inspection. And after the soldiers got out of the vehicle, they were patted down. Agents reportedly spotted the migrants communicating with hushed voices and hand signals. And when agents searched the vehicle, they found a man and a woman from Mexico in the trunk. Soldiers are even involved. And then there's this, a Texas border stash house packed with 108 migrants in searing heat was discovered. A stash house with 108 illegals in southeast Texas where it's located. The migrants were found crammed inside what appeared to be an old car garage. And folks, it's been hot in the south. It got close to 100 in northwest Louisiana. And the southern border down there is 300 miles further south. The insignia for Cartel del Golfo, which means Gulf Cartel, was spray-painted on one of the interior garage walls. What does that tell you? Drug cartels are smuggling these people across our border because our border patrol agents are there to police the southern border. They're, They're manning these immigrant centers that the Biden administration is building all over the southern part of the United States. Cartels, why are they doing this? Big bucks in it. Estimated to be $16 million a week they are making forcing the parents of these unaccompanied minors to pay them to take their babies across the southern border into the U.S. Think about all this stuff, folks. Nearly 930,000 illegal migrant crossing, almost a million, were reported by Border Patrol through the end of May almost a million. At this rate, we're going to be over two million. And we don't know how many got away. It's bad, folks. It's bad. It's not getting in better. This this administration, they have no concept or care or concern to stop the mass illegal invasion at our southern border. And that's not an incursion and intrusion any longer. It is an invasion by illegals. And they're letting it happen. My wife just mentioned this this morning to me, sitting there skimming through some news headlines and basically said, you know what? Just the southern border thing is plenty sufficient to use to impeach this president. Because this is not lawful. None of this is lawful. And he took an oath. And constitutionally, he's supposed to protect America, keep us safe. How can you even consider allowing illegals to just willy-nilly come on in the country, ignoring laws that were duly passed by uh, congresses, many of which included uh, Senator Joe Biden, then signed into law, supposed to be enforced using the rule of law set up in our Constitution 
And we have politicians that say uh, again and again and again every day, ah, don't enforce that one. Don't enforce that one. Meantime, who pays the price? Americans pay the price. American citizens. And a lot of people, a lot of self-righteous people are going to say, oh, no, no, no. The government's taking care of all those people. Who's the government? Who's funding the government? The people. This administration under this president is not any longer, as was structured in our Constitution and laid out in detail in the Declaration of Independence, government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. This is government of, by, and for a class of elitists in America that want their own way in everything and are thumbing their nose at the laws and even the election structure here in the United States, the laws that regulate elections that are designed and passed and signed into the law in each of the 50 states. Forget about it. And quite honestly, that whole thing is big news here today. Nobody wants to say you'll get canceled if you talk about the November 3rd election and irregularity and especially our those five states, swing states. I know you've known there's an audit that's been going on for three weeks now approximately in Arizona. And it was released yesterday, late yesterday, the Arizona legislature, they're ready to take action. They're pretty sure the election audit is going to give some irregularities according to one state senator. This is Arizona Senator Wendy Rogers said this, it'll be our duty to act whatever way is appropriate. Auditors that are led by a Florida-based cyber ninja is the name of the company started reviewing ballots from the election last month along with the machines that were used in the election and the counting system and other election materials. Auditors say they're probably going to finish by the end of this month they will then produce a report outlining what they found. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, who's a Republican, authorized the audit. She said last month she thinks some irregularities will be uncovered. I hope we don't find anything serious. I think we'll find irregularities that is going to say, you know, that this many dead people voted or this many who may have voted don't live here anymore. We're going to find those, she said. A guy named Alexander Colladin, who formerly represented at Cyber Ninjas, and he remains a lawyer for the Arizona GOP, he said in an interview that the audit is going to show that something went wrong because something goes wrong in every election. He said, I think even Maricopa County, which is Phoenix, would probably admit that the question is, to what degree did it go wrong? Okay, that's question one. But even that doesn't tell you very much. It went wrong. Someone caused it to go wrong. The next question is, does the audit tell you who caused it to go wrong? That's the big issue down there. And there are legislators from 13 different states who have made trips down to look in and watch how this audit company is doing this Arizona Senate vote election audit. Now, why do you think they would be doing that? You know why. 
Folks, there was election irregularity. There was election fraud. Yeah, in some specific number and amount, there's always election irregularity in every national election. And yes, there's always some kind of fraud. What we've got to find out, first of all, verify if there was fraud, determine exactly what fraud is committed, who committed it, and what did they do, and fix it. We've got to get this straight if we're going to be a representative republic. There is no after that unless we get rid of it. I'm telling you. And the Arizona Attorney General, he's ready to get after it. He said he's not going to tolerate efforts to thwart election audit itself in Maricopa County. And there are people trying to do that. Attorney General Mark Brunovich told the Department of Justice his office is not going to tolerate any efforts to thwart this election audit currently underway. The DOJ is threatening to come look at it, look over their shoulders. The Department of Justice... Here's what the Arizona Attorney General told the DOJ. My office is not amused by the DOJ's posturing. We'll not tolerate any effort to undermine or interfere with our state Senate's audit to reassure Arizonans of the accuracy of our elections. He sent that in a letter two days ago to Attorney General Merrick Garland. We stand ready to defend federalism and state sovereignty against any partisan attacks or federal overreach. You see, folks, here's what's at stake. This is all about that Nancy Pelosi H.R. 1 election overhaul bill that passed in the House of Representatives, by the way, went over to the Senate. It's stalled over there. It's called S1 over there. But it is about total takeover of all elections by the federal government. That's not constitutional. And everybody knows it's not constitutional, but wouldn't you think, knowing that, it would be a stupid, unrealistic, and unfruitful expectation to think they're going to get a law passed in the House and the Senate, signed into law by Joe Biden that's going to overhaul this? And then, of course, it's non-constitutional. It's very plain that it's not because the Constitution plainly says states have sole authority over all elections. But you know what's waiting in the wings? Democrats always have a plan, folks. They do. What's waiting in the wings? Where were you with this yesterday? We told you about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going public and demanding that Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer step down. And she even said so that Joe Biden can appoint a justice that's going to be liberal in their thinking. Here's where they're thinking. What are their arch nemesis right now? The far left. The Second Amendment. The First Amendment. The election process. Efforts to outlaw all or parts of abortion. They're confident if they can get at least one judge gone, replaced by a leftist judge, that any and all of these cases that come before them, including the election overhaul, H.R. 1, S. 1, any version or combination of those that would be passed and signed into law and would be tested, obviously, 
in the federal courts as being unconstitutional, if they can pack the Supreme Court, they can assure themselves they can change all election law, that they can get rid of guns. Forget about that Second Amendment thing, and you're no longer going to be able to speak your mind and say what you want to, print what you want to. You're not going to be able to assemble. You're not going to be able to go to church. They're going to control everything. And we're seeing a sample of that play out every day on a national and international scale. Don't think they're not loaded for bear. And never think they don't have a plan of action. And never think that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, what she's doing and pushing for and promoting and standing against, she's doing it in a vacuum all alone. Oh, no, 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 no. We think they're radical, and they are, the squad. But they have a lot of power and a lot of say-so. More just ahead at TNN Live. See you after this. Talk to Dan. Call 1-866-37-TRUTH. TNN Live. The Truth News Network. When it comes to online meetings, you're crushing it. But if you want to crush something that's a little more fun... Why not play Best Fiends, the five-star rated puzzle game? Best Fiends is loaded with challenging puzzles that are so much fun. And you're never accidentally on mute. So take a stress break with the cutest characters on the planet and download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play Best Fiends. Download free. Hey, what do you want to da-da-da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da-da-da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these days. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. <gasps> oh, no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh, no. No. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not today or any day. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Get not only the news, but the truth in the news. From TNN, the Truth News Network. Dan Newman. Hey, just got a soundbite. Somebody who has a deep inside look into all things Russian. Happens to be a Russian dissident. Happens to be a very famous Russian dissident who's weighing in on this Putin-Biden meeting. Famous press chess, what do they call them? The aficionados, the ones that are really, really good. Gary Kasparov's who I'm talking about. Anyway, he's a, he's a master uh, chess player, or he's a chess master. I don't know what you call him. But just a little bit ago, he weighed in on this meeting between Biden and Putin and who is going to have the head up and who's going to be the best and who's going to come out on top. Listen to Kasparov. Kasparov, nobody knows strategy more than you. You're one of the world's greatest chess players. So, you know, when they emerge in five hours, each of them has a strategy on how to show our side won. Ultimately, though, both sides can't win. Can they? Uh, no, this is not a win-win situation. And it's that this, this, this game is already lost. Now it's Putin won. 
United States, the free world lost. The question is how much damage, you know, could be could be controlled. Uh, because, uh, you know, with the exception of the Baltic states and Eastern Europe, who know very well the threat Putin represents, Europe keeps caving in to Putin without American leadership. Yeah. And Biden was supposed to stop that, even campaign on it. He called Putin a killer, correctly. But looking tough in Geneva or using strong words doesn't matter. Action matters. And so far, Biden is failing that test. And no matter what he says after this meeting, no matter what kind of press release uh, the, the White House and State Department will, will put uh, on, it's the, the facts, you know, stays there. Putin got what he wanted because there is no common interest. There's no area of cooperation between Putin's mafia regime and the United States. I don't, I can't think of a single time when on anything big, anything policy-related, where Vladimir Putin has ever given in to anything that the United States, whoever was president at the time, wanted to get done. More than anything, he just will agree to not agree on many things that are going on there. It's going to be interesting to watch. And I just wonder if we're going to be able to actually get the facts that come out of this meeting. You remember... You remember when uh, Trump met with Vladimir Putin in Finland? You remember that? You remember how the press went crazy for days before and crazy for days afterwards? They couldn't believe, first of all, that Donald Trump, who was not a politician, no experience whatsoever in anything political other than writing a campaign contribution check, which he did pretty often because they were always standing in line to get money from him, He was a billionaire. Why wouldn't they? And a builder in New York. Why wouldn't they? But he wasn't worthy. And of course, you don't hear the press. Not anybody in the press that's saying anything negative about Joe Biden going into this. There's no reason to be concerned. I mean, we're talking about Joe Biden. Yeah, we've got a lot of reason to be concerned. It's going to be interesting, first of all, to see how the media respond in the aftermath of the little soiree between the pair. But what's going to even be more revealing is, will we, will we ever know what policy, what agreements, what disagreements were discussed, and were any things resolved in this meeting? because it's not open to the public. Just wanted to throw that Kasparov thing in there. I mean, he's Russian. He understands that whole thing. And remember, Vladimir Putin's been around for a long time. He was in the KGB in the old Soviet Union. So he's got a rep, and believe me, every Russian on planet Earth, whether in Russia or any place else, they know how evil the man is. Back to our election reform conversations. Did you hear this? The state of Georgia announced quietly overnight they announced they're going to investigate after Fulton County officials says that election forms, F-O-R-M-S are missing. Uh Uh-oh. Georgia Secretary of State said yesterday his office is going to probe Fulton County, that's Atlanta, after an election official there said forms verifying the chain of custody for some of those mail-in ballots just simply went missing. New revelations that Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot drop box transfer documents 
will be investigated thoroughly as we have with other counties that failed to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding drop boxes. This cannot continue. That's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. You heard a lot from him in the aftermath of the problems last November. Raffensperger previously announced similar probes in the other counties, Coffee County, Grady, and Taylor. In doing so, he said the state's other 120 counties had properly completed absentee ballot transfer forms. Earlier, on the same day, yesterday, Mariska Bodison with the county's Board of Registration and Elections told the Georgia Star News that a few farms are missing. When asked for documentation on approximately 19,000 absentee ballots, they were said to have been placed in drop boxes. The missing forms would detail the chain of custody for each of the ballots. One spokesman said in an email the county followed procedures for the collection of absentee ballots from the Fulton County drop boxes. We maintain a large number of documents in researching our files from last year to produce the ballot transfer forms. We've been in communication with the Secretary of State's office to update them of our progress on this matter. Now remember this this, uh, Georgia thing. It's a really big deal. Biden won the state by less than 12,000 votes. He typically received more mail-in ballots in each state. Georgia was no exception. Trump topped Biden by more than a quarter of a million Election Day votes. Biden got more than 848,000 absentee ballots compared to Trump's 450,000. That should stick out, and that should really cause some people to question. 848,000 absentee ballots cast for Biden. Trump only got 450,000. <laughs> Folks, that's 400,000. 400,000 difference. Absentee ballots, of course. If there was going to be any fiddling that went on, <laughs> the absentee ballots would be the place I'd start looking. We may never know the truth, and that's sad. And meanwhile, the likes of Stacey Abrams, the political operative ran for governor of Georgia against Kern, got beat, never, ever, ever indicated that it was a fair election. It's interesting, isn't it? This was back in 2018. That election, she said, wasn't fair. But anybody that says the March third, uh, the November 3rd election this past year wasn't fair, oh, that's lunacy. You're a white supremacist. Stacey Abrams, of course, is black. Another African-American person, actress Carrie Washington, she claims that black and brown voters are being specifically targeted with these election integrity laws. She says they are a form of voter suppression, which is, she's parroting Stacey Abrams. And that's not true, folks. It's not true. Georgia's election integrity law, for instance, it actually expands access for voters. How so? It includes increasing the mandatory days for early weekend voting. In other words, it gives more opportunity for people to vote. A majority of voters, including a majority of black and Hispanic voters, support voter ID. 
Democrats, their talking point is, oh, that's voter suppression. You can't go to a sanctioned Democrat Party meeting of any kind without a picture ID. You can't rent a car. You can't fly on an airplane. <laughs> when you go to the doctor, you got to show them an ID. Now, this actress, Carrie Washington, she's got five and a half million Twitter followers. And she said on Monday of this week, black and brown voters are being specifically targeted when it comes to voter suppression. Please call out your senators, she said in her tweet. Tell them they need to be on the right side of history when this vote goes down. They need to vote yes. She's talking about S1, which is the Senate version of the far left's HR1 voter overhaul bill. Your voices, she said, and your votes need to be heard. You may remember her. She was a star in that movie, Django Unchained. She campaigned for Barack Obama in 08, endorsed Hillary Clinton in 16, backed Joe last year, asked her followers to support the far left's HR1 or S1, or as they call it, For the People Act. Now, this claim she's making that election integrity laws are suppressing minority voters, it votes, it's, it's patently false. Georgia's election integrity law perhaps received the most black backlash upon Governor Brian Kemp signing the bill into law. Even Major League Baseball took off. They moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta in response to that law. However, the left's narrative on the law remains fundamentally flawed, actually preserves or expands ballot access, does this bill, and now it's a law in several important ways. It requires that large precincts with lines more than an hour long got to take steps like adding voting machines and election personnel for the next election to reduce wait times. It doesn't change the number of total early voting days. They say it's suppressing votes, which would mean they would be cutting voting days out for early voting. It doesn't. And actually increases mandatory days of early weekend voting. Compared to 2020, 134 of 159 counties are going to offer more early voting hours in future elections under this new law. It confirms election drop boxes. It makes them legitimate. Remember, folks, before COVID-19, there were no drop boxes anywhere for votes. That was a new thing, and they didn't have laws that made it okay, which in itself was a legal violation. But this law, it puts them in permanently and makes them legal, which is going to expand voter access. Voters can continue to vote absentee now with no excuse. Some states like Joe Biden's state, Delaware, others, New York and Connecticut, require an excuse, a written excuse that has to be accepted if you want to vote absentee. Here's a myth. New Georgia law discourages slash suppresses voting. Fact, this law expands ballot access in key ways, requires more voting machines and personnel to locations with lines greater than one hour. It increases weekend early voting, mandates drop boxes in elections, mandates them, adds online absentee ballots requests. Democrats also claim the law eliminates souls to the polls. That's a big deal for African-American churches in Georgia. It has been forever. Suppressing minority votes, they say, but this again is false. 
Heritage Action explained the law was silent on Sunday early voting days prior to SB 202. And in 2020, only 16 of 159 counties offered early voting on Sundays. In reality, the law explicitly provides the option of holding early voting on two Sundays for all localities. Therefore, it increases mandatory days of early weekend voting. And there's more and more and more there. Every time you hear Stacey Abrams, every time she's on a television show, a news show or whatever, she plainly screams and hollers that not just Georgia's revised voting law, but the voting laws that are being worked on now, some have already been signed and put into law in some other states, are suppressing votes. I have on this show, I have on our website, I have challenged anybody, I don't care who you are, if you want to come on this show and claim that any of these laws suppress voters, I'll give you an open microphone. We'll have a conversation. I want you to bring proof and give us exact examples of how these laws are suppressing votes, especially of African-American and other minority voters. Specific examples. It's time that we stop trying to lather up and make angry using skin color to scare people into thinking and believing a lie. Facts matter, folks. Why don't we just get the facts? If they're bad, guess what? They're bad. If they're good, they're good. Facts matter. Opinions, they matter, but not near as much as facts matter. And when the two collide, we, we need to always come down on the side of facts. Now, even the president in Europe got involved to attack efforts in some of these states saying they restrict voting. We're seeing a coordinated attack on voting rights in this country, he said. It's Jim Crow in the 21st century, and it must end. Congress must enact legislation to make it easier for all eligible Americans to access the ballot box and prevent attacks on the sacred right to vote. Now, let me interpret. That was a tweet. Joe Biden could not, in his present state of mind, put a sentence like that together. He just couldn't do it. So somebody wrote it for him, and he told him it's okay to sin. Let me interpret that. What we are saying is a coordinated attack on voting cheating and irregularity and illegality. We're going to say and call it Jim Crow in the 21st century, but it's really not that. Congress has got to because we can't let Democrats lose power. We've got to pass legislation to make it easier for any voter in America that's legal. Oh, and by the way, any person in America that wants to vote but is illegal and doesn't legally have the right to vote, we've got to open it up so anybody can cast a ballot. All of the election reform that has been taking place and is being considered down without any exception, folks, will make it harder to cheat in elections. And oh, by the way, 
it's illegal at the federal level and certainly state and local levels to do anything to suppress voters. So as these laws are passed, I would think people, if they really want to go to the heart of the matter, if they really give a rip about making sure that nothing suppresses the votes of the people, they should spend as much time, effort, and energy at making sure and guaranteeing all of us that no illegal vote is being counted. If you want to do that, if you want to do a real legitimate process of looking at it objectively, finding specifics in any new law, any new measure that's being proposed that violates any law anywhere and in any way suppresses votes, let's talk about it. Bring some facts to the table. Emotions. I mean, that almost becomes a racist thing, doesn't it? A divider. Rather than finding consensus, rather than giving out truths, rather than pulling people together, as Joe Biden promised he was going to do if he was elected president, I'm not going to be the president of Democrats. I'm going to be the president of all Americans. We're going to stop the division. We're going to eliminate the chaos. We're going to find ways to get along, even when we disagree. Great words, great promises, very hollow. We've seen none of it from this administration. Boy, Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff, they went nuts. Absolutely nuts when it was revealed that during the Trump administration, the Attorney General then, the Attorney General acted because it became very obvious that classified information was being released with specifics that tie the releases back to classified hearings among certain committees, intelligence committees in the House of Representatives in the Senate. And the only way this information could get out would be if somebody that were in those meetings leaked that information. And by the way, it was being leaked and it went to the media. And by the way, that doing so is a felony. All fingers, almost everybody points to Adam Schiff because it was common knowledge whenever these classified intelligence briefings were taking place and they took a break, Adam Schiff would run out in the hallway at the Capitol and get on the cell phone. And it didn't matter if they broke one time, two times, or three times. Every time he was calling somebody. And then pretty much that day or the next day, a bunch of stuff that was going on in there was being reported, which is illegal. Now, the media didn't break the law. They had no idea if something was classified they were being told. They were just finding basis in writing or preparing a story and giving it to the American people. Now, Adam Schiff has come out screaming and hollering, as he always does, when he's in the wrong and when he doesn't want to be exposed. And it looks like there's a good chance he might be if this DOJ will get their stuff together. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced Monday in a statement it will be tightening, the DOJ will be, its policies and procedures for getting records of U.S. lawmakers after the news came out that under Trump, the Trump administration 
obtained records from Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee. And the reason those records were being looked for was to find out if these people were the ones that were guilty in committing felonies leaking classified information. Garland said this, as I stated during my confirmation hearing, political or other improper considerations must play no role in any investigative or prosecutorial decisions. These principles that have long been held as sacrosanct by the DOJ career workforce will be vigorously guarded on his watch, and any failure to live up to them will be met with strict accountability. We're going to watch this. We're going to watch it closely, and you know why, because I think it's something that's going to be allowed to just fall through the cracks simply because it's Democrats that all fingers are pointing to because all the information that was leaked was negative to Donald Trump and his administration. When it quacks and waddles, pretty much it's always a duck, right? So there's some other big news on a national and international basis that's going on this week. Ukraine is back in the news. Yesterday, you know, Biden, after he went to the uh, UK for the G7 summit, He then went down to Brussels, Belgium, to a NATO meeting. And Ukraine came up in conversations there. Ukraine's not a member of NATO, which kind of surprised me. I thought they were. But in a press conference after one of the uh, NATO meetings, one American media person, I don't know if it was radio, TV, or newspaper, asked Joe Biden about Ukraine entering, joining and being accepted into NATO. So an interesting thing happened. When he was asked that, the president dismissed the possibility of an early entry for Ukraine into NATO. And his justification in his response, he claimed that the nation has to, quote, clean up corruption for the military alliance to trust it. Of course, he's talking about NATO, the military alliance. Now, a lot of Ears perked up in the room when he said that. Remember Biden himself and his boy, Hunter, who Biden says is the smartest man that he knows. They've been the focus of years of investigation into Hunter's affiliations with Ukrainian oligarchs, particularly his hiring by the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma, reported on exhaustively here for over a year. Leaked emails appeared to indicate that that confirmation of him being hired there was the direct result of those oligarchs seeking influence within Vice President Joe Biden. And that all began back in 2014 when Burisma hired Hunter Biden. And it was a tough time for the nation of Ukraine as Russia had just invaded and colonized Crimea and added separatists with launching a still ongoing war in its eastern Donbass region. Bunch of anti-Russian protests resulted in the nation having three presidents that year. The incumbent, Viktor Yanukovych, interim president Turchinov, and successor Petro Poroshenko, who became president on a vow to take a hard line against Russia. Ukrainians, they took Poroshenko from power in 2019, replaced him with sitcom star Volodymyr Zelensky, 
in response to mounting corruption allegations, uh, allegations against Poroshenko. Zelensky, who is in office now, he baffled the world on Monday of this week by posting on Twitter a claim that NATO had agreed to accept Ukraine as a member. NATO leaders confirmed that Ukraine will become a member of the alliance. This is Zelensky, the current president of Ukraine. Leaders at the ongoing NATO summit confronted by the message, they appeared to be confused. That's when a post prompted a reporter to ask Biden for a clear yes or no on Ukrainian entry into NATO. Here is verbatim how our president responded. Quote, it depends on whether they meet the criteria. The fact is they still have to clean up corruption. The fact is they have to meet other criteria to get into the action plan. They have to convince, and it's not easy, he continued. I made a speech years ago to the RADA saying that that Ukraine had an opportunity to do something that's never occurred in the history of Ukraine, actually generate a democratically elected and not corrupt, led by oligarchies in any of the region's nation. At the same time, in the same meeting, same press conference, Biden went on to praise Vladimir Putin, who was, by the way, responsible for the takeover of Crimea and fueling the Donbass war as bright and tough. Biden's words about Vlad, he's bright, he's tough. And he refused to repeat his description of Putin as a killer that he made in an interview in March. It just gets, I mean, it just gets crazier and crazier. All this stuff going on, listening to what our president says, what he, what he does, his actions. It's almost like this is not the same guy. It's like somebody's standing somewhere, maybe the Wizard of Oz, I don't know. But somebody's pulling the strings. And this president's nothing more than a puppet. On another note, it has a little bit to do with the trip, but very little to do with politics. Joe Biden's entourage in Europe requested permission for the president to go to mass with Pope Francis during this visit. And guess what the Vatican said? Nope. (laughs) The Vatican's refusal came from the impact that Biden receiving Holy Communion from the Pope would have on the discussions that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is planning to have during their meeting that starts when? Today. The report corrects a prior Catholic news agency story alleging that the president would meet with the Pope yesterday, which will apparently not occur. Biden has come under fire from a bunch of U.S. bishops for his promotion of grave moral evils like abortion, put him at odds with the Catholic belief. The Roman Catholic Church, staunch anti-abortionist, staunch pro-life have been from their inception. They, they're just anti-abortion. A number of Bush's uh, bishops have declared that a Catholic politician like Joe who flouts Catholic teaching on key moral issues and uses his position to promote intrinsically evil actions should not even receive communion. Wow. You know, I got a problem with that. I do. Nobody's perfect. Nobody does everything wrong. Nobody gets everything right. 
And when we do wrong things, the very substance of what Christianity is all about is forgiveness. But here's the catch, and I think the Pope gets this and the Vatican leadership, they get this. It's one thing to apologize for something. But regarding Christianity, regarding Catholicism, the one thing that happens and must happen to be exonerated is when you do something wrong, not only do you have to say you're sorry, it's this word called repentance has got to take place before forgiveness takes place. And what is the definition of repent? Repent means to turn and walk away from. So the problem the Vatican and all Catholics, most all, are having with Joe Biden and his stance on abortion, the problem is that Joe, he won't walk away from it. He sticks with it. And so if that's a tenet of a church, how can you reconcile letting somebody, especially somebody in leadership like Joe Biden, who is out there, I mean, he's campaigning for pro-abortion, funding abortions with taxpayer money, and he does it every stinking day. How could a church justify letting him be exonerated for any of that and give him a pass? That's a tough one. I'm glad I'm not the Pope. For a lot of reasons, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the Pope. But I would hate to be in the position where I have to make that definition of what's allowable and what's not. And, and, and that's a tough one. But anyway, one thing for sure, Joe's not meeting with the Pope and he's certainly not taking communion. Don't you go away because Clyde, Clyde the Geico Camel, is up next at TNN Live. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. and the commitment to outlast them all. Ram, proven to last. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? 
I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Yeah. Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know what? I hate it when we come to the end of a show because there are so many things that we need to continue to talk about. One thing, and I'll let you get away real quickly, is right now Vladimir Putin's holding a press conference. Looks like his meeting, his little joyous get-together with President Biden has come to an end. Don't forget, this show in its entirety and any previous TNN Live show is available by going to the player where you go to click the button to start each day show live, scroll down at the bottom and you'll see every day's date, every day that we do a show. And it's a hyperlink. You can click on that hyperlink and go right to a show, download it or listen to it yourself. If you're out on the road, if you're away from your computer or whatever, but you got your phone and you have an iTunes account or a Spotify account, now, every day, you can hear that day or previous day's TNN Live show right there at Spotify in their podcast mode. Also, the same thing with Apple. Thanks for joining us today. Gosh, been a good one. Got a lot done. Have a great Wednesday. Back tomorrow morning at 9 right here at TNN Live. It's going to be a
Espera 